Fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, you know, it's... It's a complicated business, this globalist business. And, you know, when you take a look at all the corruption and all of the shenanigans and all the things that are just right out of a Clancy film, you have to ask the question, you know, what, what, what's the source? What's, what's going on? You know, how do we get here? How do we allow this to happen? Politicians didn't uh, protect us on our way to this point. And here we are. In the middle of a storm, not the storm down in Florida, but, you know, middle of the storm. And uh, we're wondering how we got here. How did this happen overnight? It didn't happen overnight. But a lot of people are to blame, mostly Democrats, I would think, because they allowed themselves to be swayed and played as fiddles and fools. They bought the Jesse Smollett hoaxes. They bought all the lies to make themselves feel good. They still hate Trump. They still support Biden in some cases because these are just the radical liberal holdouts. I don't think they quite understand what's at stake because all they want to do is win because they, most of these people that want to win so bad that they lack reason have never won anything in their lives. And they just feel like, I can't handle another loss. Because they're losers and they just don't, they don't want to be losers. They're tired of being losers. But for some reason, they're gullible. Not gullible in business, not gullible uh, with their friends, but they're gullible. They're gullible about politics. I'm going to give you two examples. Two examples. First off, white privilege. Now, I told you I was over the hospital. Over the weekend, I was at the hospital, and I noticed that all these nurses were from Africa, every one of them, except for the head nurses, the, the ones that were managing everything. They were American. But all of these, 
you know, these people that are just so specialized that they'll just change your uh, syringe, change your needle, change your this, change your that. You know, basically the mechanics. You know, not the uh, people trying to figure out how to fix the problem, but, but again, and even on the uh, tarmac, you get the guy that can fill the gas, change the hydraulics, and um, and, and and lighten the air in the tire, change the air in the tire. Those are people that they can't look at a plane and tell you whether it can fly, but they can put the air in the tire. They can put the hydraulic fuel. Uh, the oil in the hydraulics, they could fill the tank of gas. But they can't tell you how the plane works. It used to be in the old days that if you worked in the airline business, you knew how the plane works too. And I think that extra layer of knowledge, although it might cost more per unit, per person, was a better thing to have, to have watchdogs all over the place and say, this doesn't look right, that doesn't look right, this doesn't smell right. From my experience, this isn't right. And, you know, that's the airline model. And the same thing is true with nursing. You get all these specialized people that all they could do is change, take a cap off a bottle and pour it in your throat. So long as it has the right barcode, they don't really care. But they don't know whether you're taking poison or whether they're doing the right or wrong thing or whether your skin turning yellow is is something that you need to be concerned about. They're just there to give you the bottle of fluid or the injection and then leave. They can't do one assessment as a medical professional. Again, that missing layer, those missing set of layers in medicine is what's causing a lot of people to die in the hospitals. It's causing a lot of malpractice. So, for a whole host of reasons, this thought came to my mind. The first thought was, all these African nurses are taking up these jobs, and obviously they're put in place because they're cheaper, the hospital's making a profit from them, from this open border, United Nations program kind of deal, to the point where the corporations are profiting, the pharmaceutical companies are profiting, everybody's profiting. But the patient's getting the short end of the stick. And it had to me think... What about all these, you know, 20, 30 years ago when you used to have these nurse, you know, white girls going to nursing schools or even black girls, American girls, though. But, um, you know, uh, going to nursing school and then getting a job in nursing. It was just like you go to this school, you learn this skill, you go to that hospital and you work for 30 years. And that's a good society. That's the way society is supposed to work. You give to the organization, the organization gives back to you. And at some point, when you violate those trusts and those relationships and you no longer have them, all you have are these robots disguised as people that are doing tasks, treated like barcodes and boxes in an Amazon factory. 
to the point where nothing is real. Automation is the next step. And that AI and artificial intelligence can replace you because your skill set isn't that complicated. And they're now the ones in power. But it gets worse. So all these African women that were at this hospital I was at over the weekend, it used to be that those were you know, the wives of uh, and mothers of families in, you know, uh, River City, USA, right? It goes to church on the weekends. It does the hospital gig and brings in some extra income for the family and everything works that way. And then the liberals start throwing around because they're told to, like sheep, they start throwing around terms like white privilege. White privilege this, white privilege that. White privilege, white privilege, white privilege. Now, tell me that wasn't a precursor to this whole thing about Africans taking over these white girl, white women's jobs in these hospitals so that the hospital authorities can profit from the cheaper labor that they're getting when they import it as an illegal or as a UN program. These people that could barely speak English are changing, are working on your blood, on your health records, on your health system. They're not able to recognize whether you have a cold, a flu, or cancer. But they can sure as heck give you a bottle of um, kaopectate or uh, draw your blood or do these basic tasks that they were trained to do, but they can't assess your overall well-being. And so what I'm saying is, is that I believe that white privilege was a phrase that was used knowing that open borders was coming and that these people of color that were going to be taking all of our jobs, that were going to be working for slave wages on behest of the on behalf of the corporations that profit from them. And the corporations that had access to these slaves were all owned by BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street and all have a seat at the table at the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab's desk. And Klaus Schwab, where does he get his leverage? Where does, and I'm coming to now number two, where does Klaus Schwab get his leverage? Where does Klaus Schwab get his leverage? How does he get to be so powerful? Why doesn't BlackRock just tell him to go pound sand? Oh, because BlackRock needs the cooperation of corporate uh, governments. So, since World Economic Forum's inception in 1971, when Klaus Schwab and King Charles were hanging out, partying on the ski slopes in the Alps, screwing everything that walked, um, they were basically, what they were doing is setting up cabinets. They were infiltrating governments. They were getting the endorsement of a king and of a CEO. They were getting the financing 
and the backing, where their million dollars would go up against a $1,000 foe and win that race. And they would get into cabinets. They would work their way up the chain. And so long as they pushed what was unknown then, which was a world globalist agenda, so long as they kept on carrying the water for the World Economic Forum, it was like a bunch of ants forming an army, like the fifth column inside a coliseum. And at that point, the World Economic Forum decided to unlift the veil and say, here we are. We are here. We are now. And we are in your face. And BlackRock, as rich as they are, needs us, our government cooperation, as much as we need their money. Are you getting this? Now, how do you control these zombies? What happens if, for example, and this is again getting to number two, say a Justin Trudeau or Ritted uh, Rudek uh, uh, from the Netherlands or Jacinda Dern from New Zealand or uh, Joe Biden from America, right? Or a Emmanuel Macron, Macron from France or you just go on and on. Um, Angela Merkel from Germany, right? I can go on. I can keep on going, but that's not the point. The point is, what about these people? What if they decide to get a taste of power and they say, thank you, World Economic Forum, but I don't need you anymore? Well, that's where a guy like Jeffrey Epstein comes into play. Ah, so Jeffrey Epstein was connected with just about every major politician on the planet. Why do you think that was? And it wasn't just Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, yes, he had cameras on his Lolita Express and and on his, you know, island. But it wasn't just that kind of compromise. Say someone said, you know, I'm not into little kids. Uh, I don't want to go on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. Well, you're not going to be able to stay in power unless you compromise yourself one way or the other. So choose. Choose what it is that we're going to compromise you on because you're not going to be in power with our support if you're not compromised. Because then we can't control you. It's like any gang. MS-13, they used to have to kill somebody on camera. You have to shoot and rape on camera. And then if you cross the code, you'll be in jail for the rest of your life. You make the choice. And so that's how it went down. And that's how the World Economic Forum controls the politicians. And that's how the World Economic Forum came to power. And that's how the World Economic Forum needs BlackRock's money, but BlackRock needs the World Economic Forum for the cooperation of government. And together, they dominate the world. And none of those fools, none of those monsters have been elected by anybody. 
except for those corrupt politicians who are puppets. And Joe Biden is another example of a puppet that's controlled through compromise and compromat. And that's where we are today. That's exactly where we are today, is we are in a place now where you got Joe Biden compromised to the hilt, selling out America, and a lot of these Hollywood elites cashed in on it, thinking that they were on the winning ticket, that they couldn't lose, that nobody could beat BlackRock and the governments, and then Trump comes along. And although Trump didn't beat them, because I think it's almost impossible to really beat them in the ring, I think that the only thing that could beat them is an awakening, an awakening of people that are realizing that what I just said to you just now for the first 20 minutes of this show, or 15 minutes of this show, the first, this is what has to happen. And then we need to run away from this in terms of American policy. See, none of this works without American might being part of it. And so the cash cow and the holy grail of making all of this work was that America, which represents like half the world in terms of business and volume and GDP, represents a huge chunk of the world. And so the World Economic Forum and BlackRock don't work without America and without America participation. And when Trump pulled out of TPP and the Paris Agreement, and when Trump pulled out of, um, you know, and wanted detente with Russia, it wasn't in line with the new world order they had in mind. Uh, Tucker Carlson had an interview with Orban from Hungary. And he said, the only way out of Ukraine is peace with Russia. And the only way out of Ukraine is through Trump. And it was an excellent point. So I tweeted this out before the show. I said, white privilege was a precursor for our leaders giving our jobs to illegals. It was all planned was. There's going to be a lot of new evidence now that Congress is back in session. And the new evidence that Hunter's partner, Devon Archer, met with then-Secretary of State John Kerry is particularly concerning due to the date after Biden forcing the Ukraine's, Ukrainians to fire Shokin. Then they got 5,400 emails under pseudonyms so while the Secretary of State, while he was Secretary of State, John Kerry, who's now the climate czar, which climate is basically the next step in their journey of control. So this guy, Travis, writes, while he was Secretary of State, John Kerry met with Burisma board member and Hunter Biden partner, Devin Archer, at the State Department just weeks before the prosecutor in Ukraine investigating Burisma was fired. And that was written up in the Time magazine, I guess. And then um, a long time, a while ago. 
While he was Secretary of State, John Kerry met with Burisma board member and Hunter Biden partner Devin Archer at the State Department just weeks before the prosecutor in Ukraine. Okay. Details in the meeting haven't been released, but it's becoming increasingly obvious that more and more people from Obama's White House were involved. Why was the Secretary of State meeting with a board member on a foreign energy company, of a foreign energy company? Why? Well, we know why. We doggone right know why. Just a little side, this is a meme. It says, Biden, the unvaccinated people are killing everyone. Just to give you an idea how much BS he is about. America, then why are you transporting unvaccinated illegals to our hometowns if unvaccinated people are killing everyone? So here's the breaking news overnight uh, related to Tafari Campbell. Now, we're also going to get into Hunter Biden and we're going to get into new data that uh, is going to be Well, according to uh, Kelly uh, from Newsmax, Greg Kelly, he says there's new tape that's coming out in a couple of weeks that's going to end the Biden White House. So we're going to we're going to get to that. We're going to listen to that in just a moment. But uh, we got to get through some of these other stories, too. And this one is related to the Tafari Campbell chef. Turns out he was found naked. He was swimming with a woman. The woman, I don't know what's up with the woman, but he's swimming naked. You don't swim naked. She wasn't naked or she wasn't even there. Um, He's swimming naked at night off the coast. He's their personal chef. And it looks strange, sounds strange, seems strange. Tape was erased. All kinds of cover-up is in play. Sort of reminds me of what's going on in Hawaii. We can talk about that too. But let's take a listen to um, Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here. We got breaking news. We have new documents about the death of that Obama chef, Mr. Campbell, about a month ago. The local police department finally gave us documents about its investigation. It shows the Secret Service was involved. They called 911 uh, once a witness came forward and said this poor man was missing. Of course, they withheld the name of the witness, so we don't know who she is. And plus, the Secret Service agent's uh, name is also hidden. I don't know what other secrets are out there. Uh, The documents show the clothes were found separate from the body, and they found the body using sonar. I don't understand why we weren't told initially the Secret Service was involved. It raises additional questions. Questions we're going to demand answers. Hey, everyone. Yeah, I mean, Secret Service is involved. You'd think that they would know what the heck's going on, right? So there's that. But then there's this. We're going to switch over now. I want you to listen to this Greg Kelly piece. It's pretty crazy. Newsmax host Greg Kelly claims an audio tape containing incontrovertible evidence of Joe Biden's corruption. See, this should get a Pulitzer, right? Not the Russian hoax lies. Exists and will be released to the public in the coming weeks. Big if true. Kelly claimed that the audio tape is so explosive 
that will it will force President Biden to drop out of the 2024 race. Kelly says, I am told by people in the know that there is uncontrovertible evidence of Joe Biden's corruption that is about to be made public. All right. Well, one of the things that's kind of important about this is you have to understand is what Greg Kelly says in the aftermath. In that culture, they tape everything. If you go into a car, if you every car has a camera. And I remember when I'm in Europe, and I go to Europe quite a bit, I can tell you that every car has a camera. Like they, they are ca- they are a camera centric. They record everything, especially when it looks shady. So they're worried about it right now in the White House. So let's take a listen to what Greg Kelly, how he delivered this. But he hasn't seen the half of it yet. There is an audio tape, I am told, by people in the know, uh, not necessarily in government, not necessarily out of government. I can't say too much. Um, but there is incontrovertible evidence of Joe Biden's corruption that is about to be made public. It's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen before Labor Day, but it will happen sometime between Labor Day and Halloween. This tape will be made public. I'm not sure by what entity at this point, but once it is heard, Joe Biden will have, well, he'll have only two options. Number one, he will not be able to remain a candidate for the presidency for re-election. It will be over and done with. The only thing that mm, he might be able to do, potentially, but probably not, is remain as president. I am told this tape is that incriminating, and they're worried about it right now at the White House. They know about it. They know it's out there. There may be more than one, and it makes a lot of sense. Wow. So that's pretty big news coming from Greg Kelly. All right, so we got this other section of that piece and this is what he's saying about they record everything and joe became a big shot all the way back in the 1970s i don't think he realizes that that everybody in the world everybody has a tape recorder in their pocket back in the 70s when he became a big shot that was like oh boy you had to go to radio shack and get tape and you know you had to be like this radio geek to figure that stuff out or the fbi um life's changed And the people he was doing business with, I believe, in Eastern Europe, they love recording stuff. Every time they go get milk, they actually have a dash cam. Did you know this over in Europe? Like, uh, using a dash cam is like everybody, 99% of the people record everything they do in a car and everything they do in business. Poroshenko, the then president of Ukraine, Joe is asking for something that Poroshenko thinks is out of line. Can you tell which side of the phone call this is recorded? Who's actually recording the call? Take a guess. Yesterday, I met. So we we have that clip in a, in a clear way. Uh, we're going to play that um, in a different a different section of the like right after this. That that clip that you're about to hear because we have a better clip for that, um, and we're going to go ahead and continue. Fired or demoted or you know, kicked out of something, would you really break a sweat at whatever it is you're doing? You know what I mean? When Joe went to the beach, this was a signal to me that he gave up, that he know that he knows his time is up, that it's coming, the, the walls are closing in, as they used to like to say about Donald Trump, going to the beach, 
going for a bike ride, blowing off basic questions, say about Hawaii, he can't be bothered. It's all about himself now. It's all about survival and planning his life after the presidency and trying to protect himself as much as possible. The country, <laughs> we are not on Joe Biden's mind. We are not. And if this pans out the way I think it is, it shows once again that Donald Trump was right. I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe. And your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10% to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know. Maybe you're not. But you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10% to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. It is terrible. And he was right. And watch how the media covered up for him. Even in the heat of that moment. Responded to the stuff is true about Russia, Ukraine, China, other countries, Iraq. If this is true, then he's a corrupt politician. Right. So don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby. Joe, they're calling you a corrupt politician. Nobody. Hey, President Trump, I want to stay on the issue of race. We're talking about the issue from hell. President Trump, Nobody. we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. Of course they do. Wants to stay on the issue of race, the phony issue that they manufacture, that they design to blow up the country. Fascinating, right? Um, and then the media, of course, spun everything Donald Trump said has been essentially proven by the House Oversight Committee. And what did they accuse him of back then? Last night, Trump made clear his closing argument is just lies, lies, and more lies. Flooding the zone with a deluge of outright false claims. He covers up, up, up all those deficits by attacking Hunter Biden and trying to dirty up a, a Biden. He maligned Joe Biden's son tonight, invoked unverified allegations against him, doubled down on this narrative about Hunter Biden, which conservatives have been pushing for years. This time, he was just a moving, a slow-moving manufacturer of lie after lie after lie after lie. So they actually talked about, they said this out loud, Maybe we have to come up with a procedure to cut the microphones every time Donald Trump utters something that's not true. They actually thought about doing that and implemented a system where they could turn off the mics if they didn't like what Trump was saying. Anyway, fast forward three years, three years, and the media... Oh, my God, he was right all along. Yeah, on some Little Watch Sunday show, CNN admitted it. Tesla wrote, Hunter Biden reports nearly 2.4 million in income in 2017 and 2.2 million in income in 2018, most of which came from Chinese or Ukrainian interests. But this, and this directly goes against what Joe Biden said in the debate in 2020 uh, with uh, Donald Trump. I mean, Trump was right. I mean, he did make a fortune from China and Joe Biden was wrong. Yeah, they're all like, yeah. Yeah, right? That, that's a really good observation there. Um, excellent point. But let's take a listen to this. This is uh, this is kind of interesting too. All right, you're you, you you've heard this before, but this is a good audio clip because it uh, combines it combines two things. It combines that Council on Foreign Relations piece. This is a reminder, okay? But it combines that with the hidden tape with Pornchenko. Yesterday, I met with the General Prosecutor Shokin. 
Yes. And despite of the fact that we didn't have any corruption charges, no we don't have any information about the something on something wrong. I especially asked him to resign. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. And one hour ago, he brought me the written uh, statement of his resignation. Great. And this is my second step for keeping my promises. I agree. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Will there come a time when you have to say to President Zelensky that the United States cannot support his country any longer? Thank you. We are going to support Ukraine as long as it takes. Of course he's going to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. It's absolutely essential that he does or he's going to be busted. But at this point, there's so much catastrophe surrounding this Ukraine war that you know, even Ukrainians are like, get us out of this war. This this is where we're being played as fools here. So John Kerry, then Secretary of State, met with Burisma board member and Hunter Biden, partner Deborah Archer, as we mentioned several times on this show. Let's take a listen to what John Kerry had to say about it. I will tell you, because as Secretary of State, I was deeply involved in this. All of us in the administration... We're trying to get rid of that prosecutor. From Obama to the Secretary of State to the Vice President, all of us were working on that. The ambassador, and and we knew if Ukraine was going to survive and win the revolution in the end, the Maidan, they had to get rid of that prosecutor, and they did. I will tell you, because as Secretary of State... Well, that's not what that was all about. And these liberals listening to him bought at that hook, line, and sinker. So, that's that. Um, I want to listen to uh, this guy. Yesterday, a bunch of Gold Star family members related to Afghanistan were on Capitol Hill speaking before uh, a, a House committee. And uh, this, is what, this is what this guy had to say. Um, I don't have his name. But I think you've, if you've been listening to the news, you've heard this. It's super powerful. Not a single person has been held accountable. Because this is just another example. Afghanistan is just another example of how our country is being damaged by Biden's leadership and, by, and, and where people are being killed. Not a single person has been held accountable. Our so-called leader can't seem to even utter their names in public, not even once. Mr. Biden has run his entire political campaign for 50 years as the family man. Well, I've got news for you, sir. The curtain has been lifting, and that campaign slogan will never work again. We have seen what's going on in your family, and even worse, we've seen how you've been treating us as Gold Star families. And there couldn't be anything more disgusting and cowardly than the way you have treated us. You are a disgrace to this nation. You have no business having ultimate command over our military. And I regret not saying that to your face when I had the opportunity in Dover. I felt it more more important to bite my tongue. But I also had more important things on my mind at that time, like receiving my son's lifeless body stateside. 
Well, I stood there on the tarmac watching you check your watch over and over again. All I wanted to do was shout out, asshole. So what he said there was, um, it's for, it's two F and 30, right? So I had to blank that out. But out of respect to the other grieving families, I bit my tongue once again. Well, as you could probably tell by now, I'm done biting my tongue. You, sir, stole their lives, their futures, their dreams, and have ripped apart 13 families. You cannot even man up and admit that. You, sir, gave us all the title Gold Star Family. You, sir, discredit honor and integrity. Two years later, there are things I find myself thinking about. Where and what was Biden's logic sneaking out of Bagram in the middle of the night before ever getting a single Afghan partner or American civilian out? <clears throat> this is the purest definition of intel inter intentional negligence. This is just one of many irresponsible and negligent decisions coming from the White House. In addition, leaving behind billions of dollars our finest military hardware has led to the biggest international free black market, free market in history. Unfortunately, this will undoubtedly lead to more American military lives lost in the future. Between what has happened, been happening here domestically, for example, the border, over the last two and a half years, and all your failed foreign policy decisions, I would venture a guess that you have more American blood on your hands, Mr. Biden, than any president in U.S. history. I would also concur with that statement. Uh, it's getting bad. Even, uh, you know, like, look at this. Viktor Orban, Prime Minister of Hungary, a NATO member, on what he would do if he was in charge. Peace immediately. Call back Trump. Trump is the man who can save the Western world and probably all uh, human beings on the globe. Orban knows Trump can, can and will prevent full-scale World War III. Listen. So if you were in charge of NATO, if you were, say, Joe Biden, uh, what would your next move be in the war in Ukraine? What would you do? Peace, immediately. Call back Trump. That's, that's, that's the only way out. Call back Trump. Call back Trump. Because, you know, you can criticize him for many reasons. I understand all the, all the discussion. But, you know, the best foreign policy of the recent several decades belong to him. He did not initiate any new war. Yes. He treated nicely the, 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 the North Koreans and, and Russia, even the Chinese, you know. He, he, he delivered a policy which was the best one for Middle, for Middle East, Abraham Accords. Yes. So, so that was a very good foreign policy. He, you know, he's criticized that he is not you know, he's not educated enough to understand the word. But this is not the case. Facts count. And his foreign policy was the best form for the world in the last several decades I have seen. And if he would have been the president at the moment of the Russian invasion started, no, it would, it, it would be not possible to do that by the Russians. So Trump is the man who can save the Western world and the, probably the human beings in, uh, in the globe as well. I could probably play that over and over in a loop and it would help me sleep at night just knowing that I was right that that's the kind that's exactly <laughs> I mean the guy speaks my language 
<laughs> That's exactly what I've been saying about Trump's foreign policy since the beginning. I almost want to play it again. Should I? I don't know. I'm, I mean, Victor Orban from Hungary. Man, what a great, great endorsement for Trump. But what he said was so true. Go to my social media and just play that over and over again. Because what he said was perfect. It perfectly sums up Trump's foreign policy in such a great, great way. All right, we got to move on. We got lots of different things to play. I want to play this new Gingrich uh, clip as well. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. Well, yeah, we'll try. He he pretty much throws Biden under the bus. Let's. He's clearly cognitively disadvantaged. Uh, he went to Maui and talking to people who may have had a thousand people killed in the fire, made up a totally false story about how he could empathize because they once had a home fire, which turned out to be in the kitchen. Uh, I mean, you you watch him in Maui and you you think to yourself, he can't be the commander in chief. He's not cognitively capable. Uh, he's not in touch with reality. Uh, I personally think Obama runs the administration. I don't think Biden does. Uh, and I think everything they do that's smart comes from Obama's acolytes. And Biden just sort of floats along. In a way, he never left the basement. Uh, but I also think it's important to understand Biden is the tip of the iceberg. The real corruption is Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and Biden is the smallest of the three players. And I hope that the House Republicans are going to recognize that they have a much broader and much deeper investigation, starting with uh, subpoenaing all of the financial records of the Clinton Foundation, which is going to produce evidence of a level of wrongdoing in terms of millions and millions of dollars, far beyond anything we've seen with Joe Biden. Isn't it amazing, Newt Gingrich, these people come in office as poor as hell, and then five, 10, 20 years later, they're worth 150 million, a quarter of a billion. You see the same with Al Gore. You see the same with the Obamas and so forth and so on. Is that your point, that there's just so much dark money flowing into these people and into their, into their efforts, and, and honestly, into their efforts to take down the country? Yeah, I mean, my, my point would be that Obama was, in fact, uh, a disciple of Alinsky, who was the most radical writer in an anti-American, anti-bureaucracy, anti-middle class, anti-rule of law. And Hillary Clinton was a personal friend of Alinsky. And they come out of a background that says middle class rules don't matter. The law doesn't matter. Honesty doesn't matter. Do whatever you can get away with. And that's what they've done. And the, the depth of corruption is breathtaking. And frankly, the more I've dug into it, uh, the more I've studied it, uh, the more stunned I am at how people like you and me have been sort of sleepwalking, not realizing the, the scale of the corruption taking over the system. And now it's all coming out in the open because they're so terrified of Donald Trump. And they also figure if they can take out Trump, they can take out anybody. <clears throat> they, can own, they can own the electoral system. They can own the courts. They can own the prosecutors. And they can monopolize our politics and our government forevermore, right? That's right. I mean, if, if they can break Trump, then there's nobody who's going to stand up against them. And we will become like Cuba or Nicaragua uh, or a variety of other authoritarian systems. Uh, you know, the Nicaraguans just put a bishop in jail uh, for having actually advocated his religion. Uh, so you, you can expect 
that kind of behavior uh, if, in fact, they win. On the other hand, if they lose, you're going to see an enormous amount of change because the more we learn, the sicker the system looks, the more likely it is we will reform it. If you look at two of these, uh, these indictments, not individual charges, these indictments, both in Georgia and the so-called January 6th case, they're indicting mostly free speech and the First Amendment. That's intentional. They dress it up as something else. But they want to shut down even the ability of people during a time when they should be talking and collaborating in election, post-election period, counting of ballots, counting electors. That's where the rubber hits the road. That's where free speech and freedom of association applies. And in each one of these cases, that's really what they're charging, isn't it? It is. And if you look, as you pointed out earlier, if you look at the case that Jack Smith has, he takes an 1870 South Carolina Ku Klux Klan case. Now, you know, by the way, that was voted in by Republicans against unanimous Democratic opposition because back then the Democrats were the party of segregation, slavery, and the Ku Klux Klan, ironically. So he takes a, he takes a law written in 1870 to go after the Ku Klux Klan, and he applies it to Donald Trump. Uh, the same thing in Willis and Felton County. Takes a law that's designed for drug dealers and the mafia, and applies it to Trump. This is crazy. Newt, I want to thank you. We're so, you know, uh, he must be listening to our show, talking about Alinsky and all this stuff. Uh, it's exactly what we've been saying here. Let's take a listen to... Um, let's take a listen to uh, this James Comer clip. We're very concerned now that Joe Biden was using pseudonyms to hide the fact that he was working with his son to peddle access to our enemies around the world in exchange for wire transfers that we've already discovered that went to shell companies or fake companies uh, while he was vice president. So let's just think about this. The vice president at the time, Joe Biden, was using fake names in emails uh, and he also was working with his family to set up fake companies to receive wires from foreign nationals that were then laundered into at least nine family members' bank accounts. I mean, this is one of the worst stories that, that I've ever heard with respect to any type of leader in the history of our country. Hmm. Uh, it would obviously, you know, lead you, I'm sure, to question where the money is and where did it ultimately end up? Could you share an update on sort of the process of tracking down alleged payments mm -hmm. to folks with the last name Biden? Yeah, I mean, we've got uh, $21 million thus far uh, in bank accounts that, that were uh, the part of wire transfers from foreign nationals to shell companies. And again, I can't reemphasize this enough. Shell companies are fake companies, just like a pseudonym. A pseudonym is a fake name. The same thing with these companies that were receiving the initial wires from these foreign nationals. And again, these were bad people in bad countries that were paying the Bidens tens of millions of dollars for reasons we don't know. All we know is, according to Devin Archer, they were selling the brand and the brand was Joe Biden. Uh, we know that one of the instances of, of a potential policy decision that was made was Joe Biden has already admitted that he flew to Ukraine and withheld tax dollars to fire a prosecutor who was investigating his son's corrupt energy company. I mean, this is really bad stuff. And every week we find more information, more pseudonyms, 
more communication between Joe Biden and his family, more shell companies, more wire transfers. So this is getting worse by the day. And what we want to know, we want to know a couple of more bank accounts that we believe that the president's son was using to pay for things of value for Joe Biden. So this is where we are in this investigation. We're at the point to where we're probably going to head to court uh, to try to get some more bank records. But this is an investigation of Joe Biden. And I don't think the Democrats, you know, they've defended Joe Biden for nearly a year now. Can they defend the pseudonyms? Can they def- defend uh, the, the payments going to things of value for Joe Biden? That's where the Democrats are going to have to have a come to Jesus moment and decide how much longer they could defend the indefensible. With respect. That, That's an excellent, excellent, excellent point here, because think about it. They're going to now have to say pseudonyms are done all the time. They're, that's what they're going to have to do. And that's either a new yet another new standard of corruption or they're going to have to reject it. And it, as soon as they start rejecting the obvious and that's not even a crime, the pseudonym. That's allowed, I guess. But do they start defending it? Or do they start, you know, and it's going to, it's going to, these are precedents that are going to make it very uncomfortable, particularly if Trump gets back into office. With respect to Joe Biden. With respect to the emails. It's going to make it very uncomfortable for the left to explain away. You know, because you can't have it your way and then a different way for somebody else. Now that you said that you had copies on it and some of them were redacted, we actually have one, I believe, that is not redacted that we've got our hands on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this is just kind of a zoom in here. And this is from one of the alleged pseudonyms, Robert L. Peters, C.C. Hunter Biden on that. And it says, boss, 845 a.m., prep for 9 a.m. phone call with President Poroshenko. Um, this is just one. Where does mm-hmm. your mind go when you see that? Well, I see that that connects Hunter Biden to Joe Biden at the time when Devin Archer said he was being squeezed by Burisma, by the owners, to call Washington for help. Now, remember, we already found an FBI 1023 form that alleged Joe Biden and Hunter Biden both took bribes from this guy who was squeezing Hunter Biden to call Washington, D.C. for help. Then Joe Biden, using a pseudonym, copies his son uh, right before he leaves to go to Ukraine at the same time. He was being pressured to call Washington for help. It looks to me like Joe Biden was saying, "Okay, son, you send that to the owner of Burisma and tell him help is on the way. Tell him daddy's coming. Daddy's coming and he's going to save us all. And that's what it looks like has happened. And they used a pseudonym to disguise it. That's why you know I, I tell people when they say, why is it taking so long in this investigation? The pseudonyms are just an example. They have done everything in their ability to block and obstruct this investigation. Joe Biden wants to say he's the most transparent president in the United States. That's bullcrap. He's the least transparent president in the United States. If he were innocent, he would be cooperating with this committee and and trying to save his good name. But he continues to act like there's nothing to see here. When that email on the screen is a government email where Joe Biden was using a pseudonym and he copied his son about a shady, shady transaction where Joe Biden was going to leverage American tax dollars to save his son's butt and probably his own butt if that FBI form's right, that he took a bribe. So I think this is very concerning. 
could you talk to us about the timing of this all? Again, the allegations that this might have taken place before President Biden was in the Oval Office. Does that impact uh, what the House of Representatives might be able to do when it comes to inquiries, even opening one up about potential impeachment, as I know some of your GOP colleagues have called for? It, it happened while he was vice president of the United States. And what we're concerned is we, we have no doubt the president, the vice president is probably the most corrupt vice president in the history of America. Uh, you've already seen too many things where his family was creating these fake companies. They were getting all these wires from foreign nationals. They can't explain what they were doing to get this money. Does that compromise him as being president of the United States? Is that why he's soft on China? Is that why Joe Biden continues to put China first and America last? Because his family received millions and millions of dollars from China. Is that why we're giving Ukraine a blank check for their war against Russia? Is that because he uh, accepted the bribe like the FBI form said? Is it because he was sharing government information with his son and he leveraged tax dollars to fire that prosecutor, Shokin, who was investigating his son. I mean, these are legitimate questions, and there is more than enough evidence that would suggest the House of Representatives needs to take this uh, at least to the point of impeachment inquiry. Yeah, he's totally guilty. This is just more than a smoking gun. How much more do you need? How much more evidence do you need to make your case. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever, does it? Hey, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, be sure to check out magapack.org. That's magapack.org. Oh, gosh. I am going to be reading some names off of some some uh, recent donors that made a difference this week. Uh, we've received $100 and $50 donations, and I am going to be reading those names off. I don't have them handy. I, but uh, in any case, if you go over to magapack.org and make a donation, guess what? It helps keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free, which is the key, right? Because we like having this show commercial-free so we could just talk right through, no commercial interruptions, and, you know, it makes for uh, a really intense hour of good analysis and uh, thought. So um, be sure to help us out there if you can, if you can. And uh, also use Red State, Red State over at MyPillow.com, Red State as your promo code. And uh, with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, buddy. Down in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.